Amen. Sing and be happy. If you got up this morning by yourself, then you don't have to sing and be happy. But if God helped you to get up this morning, you need to sing and be happy. Tell God, thank you for giving you another day, which we did not deserve, but he see fit for us to have. And when you down and out, just think of a song and just sing. Yeah. If you can't sing it, just hum it. Yeah. If you can't hum it, just think of it. Yeah. And everything will be all right. all right. So good to see everybody. Imani, how you doing? How is college? Perfect. How is coming back home? Refreshing? That's good. That's good. I remember going back home after my first semester, and I invited a friend over, and I told her, come on upstairs. And my uncle called me back downstairs, and he said, the rules hadn't changed. I knew then it was time for me to act like a grown man. So I stayed home for about six hours and caught the train, came back to Baltimore, and went in the dorm room, brother, but there, then 8 o'clock came and I was hungry and wished I could get on the train and go back and get some food. So if it changes, that's all right. If it doesn't change, they're happy to have you for a few days. Just make sure. And your birthday, when is the birthday? I missed it. Did you have birthday cake? Well, you got to think about it. Ask your mother, because I know Friday is a long way when you're 20-something. You can't remember that at all. No, Didi said no. She had to. Oh, she's having it. The, oh, a surprise. I told you I'm a used refrigerator. I can't keep nothing. Don't tell me. If you don't want nobody, we preachers. Our job is to tell the story. You don't want us to tell the story, don't tell us. No, sir. Who was that? Atlantic Star? Put a message in a bottle. Because, <laughs> hey, if you don't want me to tell, don't, don't tell me. Please keep the uh, Ville family in your prayer and the loss of Brother Ville's mother. And yesterday, another soldier God has called from labor to reward. Everybody's good? Amen. Don, how are you? Kristen going back? The house calmed down a little bit. You miss him, don't you? I know. Yeah. Did you send, give him some food to take back with him? Okay. Don't listen to your husband. <laughs> there ain't never too much when you're in college. Amen. Um, Sister Stevens, we ready? I think I got about 25 minutes at the most. No, that, I got 15 minutes worth of message. Are we ready? 
Let's see what Jesus is talking about. Luke chapter number 9, verse 57 down to 63. Let's read. And it came to pass that as he went in the way, a certain man says unto him, Lord, I will follow you wherever thou goest. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus says unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Where's, where's everybody? What's the next verse? And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But first let me bid them farewell, which is at my house. And Jesus answered and said unto him, No one, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Look at your neighbor and says, Neighbor, excuses, excuses. Excuses. Amen. Let's see what Jesus talked about here this morning. Yeah. Excuses. 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 We live in a time when we no longer can accept excuses. God demands that we take salvation seriously. If, if we, if you die, without a relationship with God, you are going to spend eternity in a place you don't want to go to. God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And in return, he doesn't suggest to us, but he demands that we take what he has given unto us as a solution to man's sin problem. In this passage, in Luke chapter number nine, we run into three disciples or people, three situations 
where Jesus presents something that man wasn't sure about. I, and I want, see, I tell you, sometimes we just glance over things, brother, but, they, but let's go in this. And, and let me try to pull some things out this morning that we may have missed. The first person, the Bible says that and it came to pass that while he was on his way, a certain man says unto him, Lord, I will follow you any way you go. Now, that first person, he's excited. He's aggressive. And he says to Jesus, I'll follow you any way you go. See, to make a statement like that, before you know where Jesus is going, it's like marriage. When you get into marriage, see, marriage is more than physical. Before you get into marriage, you have to first count the cost. They looking at me, brother, but there it is. He, see, this person, if you're writing, Roman numeral number one is count the cost. Because, see, when you get in a relationship, if you haven't given it some serious thought, the relationship may not be all that you think it's going to be. See, we, I've been in the church almost 40 years. And I've seen people come in. And I've seen people got baptized on Sunday, and you don't see them no more. Because they were excited about the sermon. They liked the songs that were being sung. They liked what the preacher said. But they didn't give Christianity any thought. Oh, it's our job. Yeah, when... When the time comes, you should walk down these aisles and you should give your life to Christ. But before you give your life to Christ, count the cost. Because, see, this man, he says to Jesus, he just met Jesus. The text doesn't say how long he knows Jesus. He said a certain man said, Lord, I will follow you anywhere you go. Now, watch the text. Jesus didn't even say it. That's a good idea. Jesus didn't even say, you should do that. Jesus didn't even ask, have you thought about it? What's Jesus' reply? He said, foxes has a hole. The bird of the air has a nest. But the son of man has no way to lay his head. In other words, when you follow in me, I have no earthly possession for you. 
I, I thought I did. That's what Jesus said. If you're looking for five-star hotels, I don't have that. If you think you're going to get some money or something by following me, I don't have that. In other words, it looked like Jesus was kind of harsh to the guy. He said, I'll follow you anywhere. But Jesus said, now, the foxes has a hole. Birds of the air have a nest. But the Son of Man has no way to lay his head. You can follow me, but a lot of time your pillow is going to be stones. You can follow me, but the ceiling of your house is going to be the stars. In other words, following Jesus, you must first count the cost. Uh, brother, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm assuming that this guy might have been there when Jesus fed 5,000. He might have even been there in Canaan of Galilee when he had turned water into wine. So then he thought that, well, if I follow Jesus, I'll get something. But Jesus saying, in other words, I'm not telling you not to follow me, which you should do it, but before you follow me, count the cost. See, when we come to the Lord, it demands a change of life. You can't come to God and still do the things that you used to do. We get excited. It's safe to say all of us had one time got into something that we thought we would love to do, and when we got in there, it ain't nothing like we anticipated. Oh, I'm, come, I'm so happy to be at church. Then in three weeks, we don't see you. I want to get on this committee, and then you get on the committee after the first event, you don't see them no more. Because we don't count the cost. Christianity has a price. And if you and I are going to follow Jesus, we must first count what it costs. There ain't nothing free. I said something, Brother Johnson. There is nothing free. I don't care what you say. You pay for everything that you get. You even paying for something you don't get. It's nothing free. Coming to Jesus is not free. Salvation is free, but staying with it costs something. And, and so many times in our lives, we look at Christianity as a second thought. I'll show up when I got nothing else to do. I'll give after I pay all my bills. Make sure I got something, then I'll give. I'll sing only the songs that I like or the song leader that I like. Service is too long. You go to a concert and you're there for five hours. They ain't getting mad because the concert over. We come to church and after 20 minutes, oh, is they ever going to get to the invitation? I got to get out of here. The ravens at 1 o'clock. 
I ain't got nothing, so I got to stop by BJ's and get some snacks. It's too long. Service is just too long. I love Wednesday night class, but you know, they don't end on time. They said 7.30 to 8.30. I'm ready to go. Quarter to nine. We have, they haven't even got the prayer request yet. They go to a big onset concert and last for nine hours. A couple of years ago, Brother Goodman, my wife, took me to see Frankie Beverly and Mays for my, for my uh, 60th birthday. The concert never ends. Why are you saying, oh, I go see Frankie Beverly and Mays, and if there's one tonight and you got a ticket, I'm going. I love Frankie Beverly and Mays. Joy and pain is like sunshine and rain. And then he got one sign there, brother, but there, before I let you go. I don't go to heaven on Sunday and come back. No, I live here too. But there's a cost to going to that concert. Because I got to deal with all of those people that come before Frankie Beverly before they get to here. I didn't ask for that. I want Frankie Beverly. But I got to wait. The same thing, brothers and sisters, in the Lord. Foxes have it. Even the fox has some place to go. The birds of the air have a nest, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, let me show you, you missed something. If you just look at this, God gave the fox a place to stay. He gave the birds of the air a place to stay. And then he said, but the Son of Man has no place to stay. But notice where that place to stay is on earth. The foxes and the bird place of residence is where? On earth. He said, but the Son of Man has no place on earth. If you want to live with Jesus, you got to set your affection on things above. Where is the house? that God provide for us is in heaven. It's in heaven. And when we get in a relationship with God, be willing to count the cost. Think about it. And then when, and, and because see, fellowship should be a time when those of like precious faith get together and talk about things that they have in common. I was in, in Columbus this past week at USA Track and Field, our annual meeting. And Andre, I saw all of the Olympians from last time and the ones that looking for two and two met this young man from, uh, he's up in the Chicago area, but he moved to Louisiana. He's a, a, a hammer thrower. So he moved down there so he can train because the weather there is good. And I was talking to him. And then the next guy came up. He's two-time Olympic hammer thrower. And we're just sitting there talking. So the guy that he didn't make it in the last trial, so I said to him, I said, well, what are you going to do different? 
He said, well, I got a different coach, and I move so I can train year-round. And I'm working at a high school, not making any money, but if things go well, next time I'll make the Olympic team and the endorsement and everything coming. I said, well, my man, I, I'm praying that you do that. Why? Because he got a plan. He, what is he doing? He's counting the cost. You just don't walk up and be on the Olympic team. There's a price that you have to pay. And, and, and he said to me, he said, well, I got two workouts in this morning. What is he doing? He's counting the cost. He knew now what it's like. He said, man, when I got there, it was nothing like a college meeting. Because everybody is good. But in order to make the team, you can't be good. You got to be the best. Why am I telling you that story? Ain't got nothing to do with this young man in the Olympics team. When you come to Christ, you just cannot be good. You got to be the best at counting the cost and be willing to sacrifice. So many times we want things in life, but we don't want to sacrifice. How are we going to spend our life in heaven forever? The Bible says every day is going to be Sunday. Worship service will never end. And we struggle when I preach five minutes longer. Now I don't know why did he have to go over. Just Can you just say, give the invitation? The second guy, Brother Bethea, first number 59. What this guy says? Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. Now watch this guy. The first guy, he said, I'll follow you. The second guy, Jesus invites him. Look at the text. This guy, the second guy, Jesus says to him, and he said, come and follow me. The next guy, Jesus invites him to come. Why? Jesus saw something in this person that makes him a candidate for the kingdom of heaven. But watch his response. But But suffer me first to go and bury my father. When I look at the text, Brother Bethea, I really didn't fully understood his response. Because the text does not say that his father was dead. I didn't see that in the text. So then I came to the conclusion. Following Jesus is a lifetime thing. And he didn't want to follow Jesus until after his father died. But watch Jesus respond. Jesus says unto him, let the dead bury the dead. Now, I gather there that there's two types of dead people. There are those who are spiritually dead 
and those who are fed. So the spiritually dead to bury the physically dead person. But sometimes the spiritually dead people are so dead that they don't realize that they're dead. I think I said something. <laughs> See, when you are spiritually dead, you miss all of the blessings that God has for you and I. A spiritually dead person will never find the solution to their problem because they are so wrapped up in themselves that they don't see help around them. Let the dead bury the dead. Roman numbers number two. If you had to put something down, I would put Roman numeral number two. Don't be so soon that you miss what God has offered. Now, what's the soon? Don't be so soon to give up before. Because, see, God saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. Mm -hmm. See, you didn't ask him. He asked you. Mm -hmm. This guy didn't ask Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus says to him, come and follow me. Mm -hmm. He gives him an invitation to come and follow me. See. Most of the time, all of us, when we decided to hang out with somebody, we see something in that person that make us want to either get to know them, be around them, something about it. You don't hang out with people that don't appeal to you, don't have nothing in common with you. So. I'm going to follow you, but let me first go and bury my father. Mm -hmm. So Jesus says, if you allow the dead to bury the dead and you go and preach the kingdom, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about whether your father will be buried. You focusing on something that haven't even happened yet. Right. Let me try to help us. You sitting down right now and worry about what's going to happen in 2019. When you got 29 days of 2018, do you know what can happen in our lives in 29 days? And I said something, Brother Johnson. If we focus on what's down the road, we'll miss what's going on in our lives right today. That's right. The greatest 
insurance policy for man is the gospel. It's the gospel. This is the greatest insurance policy for man. Hear what Jesus says to him. Go and preach the kingdom of God. If you preach the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter what happened to you in this life. At the end of the road, everything's going to be all right. Yes, sir. Ain't that something? There's a guy that came from California. I met him over at Central Riddell. Lives out in California. And I called a friend of mine last week. I said, well, how's Riddell and them? Because they are right in that area okay. where the fire was. Okay. And to come to find out, he said the fire was about a half a mile from his house, but it went the other way. Let me say that again. The fire was about a half a mile from his house, and it went the other way. The news says 6,500 structures burnt down. So here's my conclusion. I don't care what nobody, this is how I see it. Everybody on his block house was saved because he lived on that block. Why? He's a child of God. Everybody got blessed, not because. That Santa Ana wind, it blows and it just wipes out everything. So I told him, go to your neighbors and tell them thank you. Make them tell you thank you because I'm a child of God. God spared me, so y'all were spared because of me. Go, preach the kingdom of God, and everything is going to be all right. And the third person. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. If you're writing the third one, is don't delay. Don't, don't, don't delay. See, I'm going to follow you. But first let me go and bid them farewell at my house. I'll get baptized. But let me go tell my mother that I'm going to get baptized. Let me go share this with my wife that I'm going to get baptized. Mm-hmm. Or my husband and my children. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if you're 10, 11 years old, I believe you should tell your parents that you're going to get baptized. I don't think they should stop you from getting baptized because once you're at the age of accountability, you're on your own. But see, this person said, I'll follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell, which is at my house. So many times our focus point is in the wrong area. We're more concerned about those who are not there than we are when we're there. This guy said, I'm going to follow you, but let me go bid them farewell at my house. Why are you going back? Why do you need to go home? 
any excuse not to follow Jesus is just that, mm -hmm. an excuse. Whatever the reason may be, I'm too tired. Excuse. I'm not feeling well. It's amazing how our body hurts more on Sunday and Wednesday than it do on Monday and Thursday. I said something again? Yeah. You know, I'm not feeling too good today. It's Sunday. Monday morning, I'm, I'm a lot better. I can't miss work. I don't pay bought a car. I know I can't afford. I'm living in this house. I can't afford this house. But I can't afford to miss work either. See, isn't that something? When we got to put weight on our health versus our car. Now, if I stay home and get better, they're going to come and take my car. Because I got to pay for it every month. And if I don't pay for it every month on time, they're going to add interest. What about if we don't come to worship, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together? What if God were to add interest on every time that we miss? I'll tell you one thing. I'd be so high up in interest with God. I'd live five lifetimes and would never be able to pay God. I used to have a lot of excuses, Brother Phil. Sunday morning, I used to play softball in a league. I'm like, the team is depending on me. They're not going to miss me at church. And all of my, all of the best golf course that my friends would play, they play them on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We going down the place. What time is the tea time? Ten thirty. Right in the heart of Bible school, and before worship. You got to make a decision. So what Jesus said? No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Now here's what I thought about that one. And it's amazing. If you just listen to Jesus and listen to the scenarios that he gives, on this guy, he said, plow. No man having put his hand to the plug and looked back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Can I show you something? You got a minute? Let me show you something. Brother Johnson, I don't know if you city boys really understand this. See, vegetables... They don't grow in a bag. Okay, they 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 you know they they plant that. You you you've been down to Virginia a couple of times. Okay, so every, okay every summer. When the farmer is about to plow, 
the roles are in a straight line. You, you, uh, let me show you something in this passage now. The roles are in a straight line. A mule or oxen is pulling the plug. They said that a mule is the dumbest animal but the strongest of them, of them all. So you gotta guide that mule in the way you wanna go. If you plowing with a mule and you look back, okay. the roles are not gonna be straight. I'm going somewhere. Just give me a second. So watch what Jesus says. No one having put his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom. If you're plowing and you're looking back, then the mule gonna go anywhere it wanna go. And all of a sudden the rows are just like that and they ain't straight no more. See, if, if you're going to plow, you got to keep your eyes on where you're going. You can't look back in order to maintain a straight and narrow lifestyle. When you look back. Everything in our lives, when we begin to look back, we pick out what? All of the good things that happened before I came to the Lord. I had money. I had all these bills. A lot of friends. But you were on your way to hell. You remember? The Israelite, why are we out in this wilderness? Back there, we had onions and cucumbers. Yes. We had a great life. Man, you were in slavery. You put salvation on vegetables? This is where Jesus is in this text. No man having put his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. If every time something go wrong in our lives, we begin to go back, we're not going to enjoy heaven. Because what heaven is designed to do is to help us to climb over these obstacles that when we get past that one, the other one is right there. It's not going to be that hard. But see, In plowing, it demands discipline. Mm -hmm. It demands focus. Yeah. When we come to God, we have to get gain a disciplined lifestyle. And you find people that go away from the church, if you follow their track record, they're not disciplined. Mm -hmm. They're not disciplined. Because so many times, nobody tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. 
But see, in God's house, he always tells us exactly what to do. It's sad. It's sad when Jesus said that a person is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Yes, sir. See, I can say that. It wouldn't mean nothing. Brother Lucas, you're not fit for the kingdom. Well, I don't have the kingdom to put you in. You only come once every six months. You're not fit to be in. That's okay coming from me. Because I got to work my way into the kingdom, and I don't have a kingdom to put you in nor keep you out. But when God comes to us and says, you are not fit for the kingdom of God, that's another statement altogether. That's something something totally different when God says, because this guy said the same thing. I'll follow you too, but first let me go bid them farewell at my house. See, you can't put God on the back burner and expect to gain the things that God has in store for us. So every time we fail to do something, it's just an excuse. Just an excuse. And we all have made an excuse sometime or another. We all found something that worth more at the time than following Jesus. Now, not one person in here could say, well, I've never done that. I'm not coming back on Sunday evening. I've been there all day. I used to like Wednesday class. But I don't go no more. What happened? Why you don't go no more on Wednesday? I used to take notes at church. I don't take notes no more. What's your answer? Don't tell me. I'm struggling with my own answer. How many times God have asked me to do something? I said, hey, I'll get to it. He ain't going to miss me today. That might be the very day he really needed me. Mm-hmm. When I was pledging, they said, excuses are tools of accomplishment. You, you went through that? That leads to monuments of nothing. And those that seldom dwell in them leads into nothing. That's what excuse, at the end of the day, nothing. That's the foundation of the excuses, nothing. What excuse? That's the amazing thing. What excuse can I give God when I stand before the judgment bar of God at the roundup of human affair and tell God, well, this is why I didn't do it. And then over on the right side, God got a picture of Jesus hanging on that cross. What am I going to tell? What can I possibly say to God that's going to justify this excuse that I made? Now, let me close. The lesson is designed to bring us closer to God. It wasn't designed to chastise no one or me, but to help us to get closer to God. Not tomorrow, not next week, 
but today. Just whatever we can do just to get a closer relationship with God. Because when you look at these three guys, one of them say, I'll follow you. He didn't really mean it. Never count the cost. The other one got invited. Turned down the invitation. This one would have go, but he got so many other things that going on in his life. I got to clean up all of this before I go. All three of them. The text said, Jesus gave them an answer. He told the first one, foxes have holes, birds of the air have a nest. Son of man has no place to The second one, he tell him, let the dead bury the dead. And then the third one, he said, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. I find myself in all three of them. In all three of them, I found myself. The other day when I was looking at this brother, but I found myself in all three of them. And you know the grace of all of it is? I serve a forgiving God. Serve a forgiving God. And he know I'm going to find myself in all three of them again. But I serve a forgiving God. And see, that's what we have. We have a forgiving God. And all we have to do is take advantage of our forgiving God. Maybe you're here this morning. You're not a member of the Lord's church. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died for you. That he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ. And we'll baptize you in water for the remission of your sins. And those of us who are in the body. Search the scripture. Find yourself. And see what Jesus said. And then use that to help us. To become closer to God. Because one day we'll stand before the judgment seat. And we must give account of all the things that we have done. And the greatest thing about it, or the worst thing about it, when I stand, it's just going to be me and God. I can't look to my left. I can't look to my right to say, help me here. It's me and God. Come right now as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected.